It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli. I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And hello again, and welcome to WJ Live again. I'm Josh Manning, Deputy Managing Editor at the Western Journal. Joining me today, Abby Liebing. Liebing, Liebing, Liebing. Liebing, Liebing. I always get it wrong. I know. Except I got it right that time. I got it right that time. (laughs) She's a reporter for the Western Journal, and Grant Atkinson, he is a reporter for the Western Journal as well. Thank you for joining us on this Monday afternoon. That video was uh, in from Ukraine. If you're on Twitter today, you can see an unbelievable amount of footage of uh, catastrophic damage in Ukraine. The first video that rolled there was showing what appears to be Russian use of cluster munitions. Um, Those are incredibly devastating in urban environments. It's very hard to target them toward uh, specifically military vehicles or military positions. Uh, There tends to be a lot of um, collateral damage with those. That second video appeared to show someone either dodging a rocket strike or a mortar strike. Uh, so his commute on Monday was, uh, well, you think yours is bad. Could always be that. Uh, so we're going to bring you up to speed on what's going on with Russia and Ukraine and talk to you about some of the implications of that. And actually how we've seen some of this before from Russia and from Vladimir Putin and uh, and how to read those tea leaves, what to do with that. But first off, Grant's got information on the southern border, a new Biden plan to essentially pay off ranchers to, I would say, look the other way as our own invasion occurs here in the United States as millions of illegals flood over the border. Uh, Biden has a plan not to stop that, but to stop farmers and ranchers from grousing about it. What's the plan, Grant? So the Biden administration has basically tacitly admitted that illegal immigration is hurting these ranchers, specifically in Texas near Del Rio, where the border is. So they've come up with this new plan where ranchers in Texas are able to file a claim for damaged fencing, lost livestock, or damaged crops. A lot of the ranchers were complaining about either um, illegal immigrants damaging their fences or leaving behind trash that's damaging crops or it's getting eaten by cattle and then those cattle are getting diseases and dying because they're eating things that they're not supposed to be eating. So obviously it's costing them a lot of money and so the Biden administration said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to allow you to file a claim so that you can be able to 
get paid back for this money that you're losing based on our incompetence for leaving the border wide open. And the problem with this is that, one, there's a lot of red tape that they're going to have to go through. It's going to take them a long time to file these claims, and they're going to have to prove that it happened. And I'm sure the government is most likely going to try to pay the least amount of money that they possibly can. All of their cows will be dead by the time the exactly. check comes in. Yeah. So it's going to take too long. And it could also be easily solved if we just address the crisis at the root, which is that too many illegal immigrants obviously are coming across the border. Biden is refusing to do anything about it. And so the Washington Examiner went and talked to some of these um, ranchers that are in Texas that could potentially apply for this help from the Biden administration. And pretty much all of them, or at least the ones that were cited were not particularly excited about this new plan. They didn't think it was actually going to help. Uh, one rancher named John Paul Schuster said, quote, it looks good on paper. It looks good in the media, but in reality, it's not servicing us right now. Another rancher named Paige Day, he said he spent $60,000 in the last year on fence repairs. Whoa. He doesn't believe that this plan is going to help him get reimbursed. He said, quote, I almost want to say it's a political stunt by the government to say, look, we are helping the ranchers. And, I mean, I think that's exactly what it mm. is. It's it's a government saying we're going to make ourselves look a little bit better by offering money to these ranchers, and hopefully that can kind of hide the yeah. incompetence that we've been showing for the last year under the Biden administration. But I don't know that it's really going to help that much. I'm interested to see what you guys think because I, I feel like people are going to see right through this. People are going to be able to understand that this is not <laughs> going to do anything. So is, is it really – what is this really doing for the Biden administration? Okay, I feel, like, I feel like it's one of those scenarios when you're a little kid and you accidentally hit your sister and she starts crying – and then you say, oh, shh, 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 okay, shh, 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 shh. don't tell mom, don't, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine, here, 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 here's a Band-Aid, you're fine. That's literally the situation. <laughs> it's just like the, like the Biden administration is just doing anything to like make sure the ranchers are shut up, not crying, and won't tell mom, which I guess would be them anyways. <laughs> um, but it's just, it's ludicrous. And if, if something like this would actually work, they would have to be paying the ranchers yearly. They would have to be paying every individual rancher along the border, which there are thousands of miles of private ranches. They'd have to be paying them thousands upon thousands every single year for the rest of Mm. time. (laughs) If they were just like, yeah, we're not going to take care of immigration. We're just going to just going to take care of the ranchers. That's exactly what this feels like. You, you you nailed it. And as someone who routinely abused his little sister and <laughs> accidentally made her cry you over and expert. over and over again. Sorry about that, Hallie. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that is what this feels like. It's like, shh, shh, they're there. Don't tell mom. Leave everything alone. The other thing I thought it felt like is um, you got a nice new truck and some dude comes up and just nails it with a sledgehammer and then nails it again and nails it again and nails it again. And then after he's been nailing it for, you know, a couple of years, he comes up to you and says, uh, hey, here's an ins- here's some insurance. Here's an insurance policy you can have. you got to fill <laughs> out the go. paperwork. It's going to pay for the damage that I do from now on. And then he just starts hitting your truck again. And it's up to you to file the paperwork and go through all of that mess. That's what this feels like. Or almost like the reverse of, it's almost like the reverse of protection money somehow. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, why do that? You're right. It would be an entire lifetime. 
Um, but why do that when you can simply, and, and it's not just as simple as this, but, but in places it is, just finish out the fence. Just finish out the wall. Um, and that's a, that is an expenditure, that's a, essentially a one-time expenditure. Now you've got to pat- continue patrolling it and you've got to have drones and all of that it's stuff. complicated. But, but the, and the heat-seeking hellfire missiles that I want up there. But, um, <laughs> it, you know, at least that, you would kill two birds with one stone then. You'd actually kill a whole lot of birds with one stone because you would stop the damage to the farmers, uh, to the farmer and rancher's land and right. equipment. You would stop, uh, uh, human trafficking, you wouldn't stop it, but you would greatly decrease uh, the amount of it. You'd make it much harder to human traffic, to sex traffic. It would uh, make a massive dent in the fentanyl and yeah. uh, drug trade just in general. Uh, and, and it would deal with the issue of millions, literally millions of illegals entering the country every year. Russia has, we're going to deal with this in a second, Russia has a standing army of about one million people. In 2021, two million illegals came across the southern border, twice the size of the standing Russian army. Hmm. Russia doesn't have its entire standing force in Ukraine, yet we're saying it's been invaded. This is an invasion that's going on here. And, um, yeah, I think, I, I think you nailed it. That's exactly what this yes. is. Biden, no, the people down there are crying that they've been abused, and Biden is saying, here, shh, 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 it's okay, it's okay, just don't make any more noise about it. Well, I just don't understand how he thinks this is going to help him politically, because I understand that he has to do something, because obviously these American farmers are struggling because of him, but he's, he's going to pay them money. Where's this money going to come from? It's going to come from people all around the United States. It's going to come from raising taxes. It's going to come from other programs where right. he gets this money. So it's not even just the people in Texas, the ranchers, who are saying, wow, our livelihoods have been destroyed. Now you're talking about other people around the country who are going to have to pay for his mistakes. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know how that helps you politically well, in any way. And the ranchers themselves are paying for it. Yeah, Exactly. It's already coming out of their pocket. I've... <laughs> I feel like Biden just got into this situation where he was like, yeah, we're going to take care of the border. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, man, I did not realize how how difficult that would be yeah. when you can't because he feels like he can't do what Trump would do, which would right, be finish right. the wall. That would be a political no, no. Um, and so he's like, "Uh oh, this is way more complicated than I realized. I guess I'll just pay off people. Do you think I, he would be more popular if he just did the Trump strategy and just like shut down illegal immigration, build the wall. If you just went full on like conservative, do you think he would be more popular? I think he'd be more popular in most of the states. I think he'd be the pariah of the Democratic Party yeah. and he would yep. never see yep. daylight ever again. <laughs> I think 20 year Joe Biden 20 years ago, I think he would totally have done that. Um, but this Joe Biden at this point who owes fealty to the extreme left, yeah. the, the farthest left parts of the party, and knows there's no way he's getting reelected without them. Uh, there's no way he can do it. And, you know, Bill Clinton in his biography said, I think it was by 94 that the Democrats in Congress had pulled him so far left, he, he was still spinning. He just he couldn't tell wh- which way was up. And yeah, yeah. And I I think this has happened to Biden as well. And it's it's the worst because Biden, I mean, he's clearly not as there as he used to be. He's he's not as sharp as he used to be. And so 
when you, you know, you're not as sharp as you used to be, and then you've got an entire massive, uh, vicious polit- Bolshevik political movement pulling you in one direction, you know, he's... He's old. He's tired. <laughs> he'd like to be reelected. He you know, just wants to he's go to Republican. Yeah. He know. Yeah, he just wants to get on that Amtrak train <laughs> and ride into the sunset. Um, yeah, he knows Republicans will never elect him. So, I mean, he could do all of the nice everything Republicans want. They still wouldn't elect him because they know essentially they feel like he sold them out and like he cheated them. Uh, so he's got to stick with the left. It's the only option he's got, which means allow the invasion to continue. Yeah. Yeah. It's no great answers. So, all right. So that's the invasion on the southern border. Joe Biden trying to buy his way out of it by paying off farmers and ranchers instead of actually erecting a fence or a wall with the rocket launchers I want uh, that would <laughs> stop this. So anyway, speaking of invasions and rocket launchers, we're going to shift to Ukraine. Uh, Abby, we saw the footage at the at the top of the show, cluster munitions being used, mortars dropping, but it turns out this isn't the blitzkrieg that the Russians thought it would be. No. The, the Russians thought they would play the part of the Germans. Yeah. And it turns out they actually kind of are playing the part of the Germans because they now they're slowing down and turns out they're the ones invading the homeland. They Tell us what's going on. They just can't get there. So, all right, buckle up because Ukraine's a mess. <laughs> <laughs> buckle up, buckaroos. <laughs> so uh, there are multiple attacks going all over Ukraine, um, particularly in Kiev. Sorry, Kiev. Sorry. Kiev. Kiev. I, so I read that it's <laughs> Kiev. Uh, Ukrainians call it, say Kiev, Russians call it Kiev, but I don't know if that's true. I'll go with the Ukrainian, I don't know, I've always called it Kiev. But anyways, so they're about 15 miles outside of the city center of Kiev, and the Ukrainians are holding their own. Um, everybody else around the world is slapping sanctions left and right on anything that they possibly can on Russia. Um, it is, they're... Their economy is already starting to crumble a bit, particularly because um, several European countries decided to sanction the Russian Central Bank, which is a horrible blow to the Russians. <laughs> um, and everybody's taking sides. Um, Kharkiv is being bombed. There are just multiple places being bombed all throughout Ukraine. But it's a little bit of a, it's already a tiny bit of a stalemate because it's just the standoff of like, Russians keep bombing, they keep advancing, you know, a couple kilometers at a time, but the Ukrainians are really holding their own, uh, and everyone else in Europe is just kind of a little bit frozen, sending money, sending things, but kind of like, well, I guess we'll see who tumbles first. Before yeah, they don't want to get calls. involved in a hot war, but they do want to right. try to check Russian aggression. Right, so it's definitely, you know, the game of trying to stop Russians without setting foot in mm, Ukraine. Yeah. Um, so it's a it's a very, very messy situation. Um, the highlights, though, <laughs> the highlights, uh, several unexpected players have taken sides. Switzerland. Switzerland. The Swiss of all people. The Swiss, Finally. The this Swiss is what it took. The Swiss of all people. This is really this what, is it, what took. it took. They stood up against Russia and they've slapped sanctions on Russia. That's got to feel kind of bad if you're Russia. I mean, you got to be the real bad guy to get the Switzerland, to get the Swiss to to be against you and take a side. I mean, you got to be pretty bad. Imagine how bad 
the cocoa, the hot chocolate that you get in Russia is going to be if you it's, can't import Swiss <laughs> hot chocolate. I mean, imagine how terrible. bad that would be. It's just victory chocolate. And it gets it's really cold there. So. It's going to be terrible. Um, and so but that's unprecedented. The Swiss jumping in and it is, actually weighing in it on It is this. unprecedented. Yeah, the UK is also still taking a very, very strong stand. Um, they've had to roll back a few of their statements because uh, some huh, some politicians were saying that they were going to support UK citizens going over to fight. <laughs> so that's how that's how extreme things are getting is that people are actually using that sort of rhetoric of this is not just, oh, you know, Russia's kind of bullying people. But Europeans are really starting to see this as mm. this is war on our doorstep mm. and we are in the mindset of actually having people fight. Yeah. Um, so it's a very bad situation, basically. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Sorry, I can just keep going. <laughs> no, 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 no. I was going to ask you something, then I forgot it. Um, but what's, what's an interesting trend that's been popping up um, over the past couple days is that, obviously, hundreds of thousands of people have left Ukraine. Um, but it's mainly women and children. And a lot of men are going back to fight. Of course, Ukraine did require that everyone 18 mm. to 60... Um, uh, that they were no longer allowed to leave the country. But then you have you have people coming from all over Europe who are originally Ukrainian, and they're going back to fight, and they're really passionate about it, yeah. um, which I think is something that's a little bit foreign to American ideals, honestly. At least right now. Right. Um, the Wall Street Journal ran a story um, just talking to some people who were crossing over the border, just, you know, some young guys, Um a lot of them saying, I've never held a gun. Um, mm. I don't want to fight, but I feel like I wouldn't be able to look myself in the mirror mm. or face my family if I didn't go back and fight. Like, this is a real national pride thing. Um, a pro tennis player, um, Sergei Stakovsky, who actually is a pretty big deal back in the day, but um, <laughs> he has enlisted in the reserve. So this is, this is, a, this is turning into a pretty big deal mm. um, as people continue to bolster behind Ukraine um, and really seem to be kind of in the the world war mentality mm. of like, all right, this is World War Three. Mm. So it's it's garnering attention from everyone, obviously. I have a, I don't know what it is, a, a thought, I guess, based, yeah, on go what, ahead. based on something you said that I just think is interesting. You were talking about, you know, Ukrainians going back to fight and how that is different from American ideals, at least as we see them today. I guess my question maybe is, do you think that that has to do with the lack of leadership in America? Because to me, like some of my best friends are, they've always wanted to be in the army. One of them is in the army now. And his, his whole plan was he was going to be in the army forever. And he was going to serve as long as he could until his body couldn't do it anymore. And that's what he wanted to do. And he's been in it for two years. And he said the the leadership in the army, starting with Joe Biden and filtering down to all these woke leaders that we have mm. now in the military has made him he he's one of the most patriotic people i've ever met and it's made him not want to fight because they have to do it under joe biden do you think that yeah i, I don't know that much about Zelensky and whether he's a great leader for the ukrainians but do you think that plays a role in it 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 absolutely does um is that there's so much americans are so soured towards our own leadership um that 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 rubs wrong on national identity itself. Um, I mean, there's other factors. Yeah. Ukrainians yes. are also very, I mean, Eastern Europeans in general, much older history, much more entrenched 
identities than Americans, but it's absolutely um, the leadership. There's actually, there's a clip um, of a guy and his brothers who were going back from Finland um, and going back to Ukraine, and he was just like, of course I would go fight. So we have that clip for you right now. I go to home with my family. Are you going back to fight? Yes, of course. <laughs> like that? Why? So, why? so many people are leaving and you're going Yeah, in. I know, yeah, I know. Why, well, why, why go back? Oh, but this, uh, my country, I love Ukraine. But I think it does speak a lot towards Zelensky. I mean, what do you guys, what have you guys kind of thought about his leadership through all of this? Well, uh, honestly, I don't know enough about him to talk about his leadership other than just what I've seen in the last, you know, week to 10 days. Right. Uh, he was widely mocked. He was a comedian uh, before this. I think he was thought of as, as uh, I don't know that he was taken particularly seriously, but you have to admire a guy who was a stand-up, ends up leading a country, the country gets invaded, and when the U.S. offers him a flight out, he says, I don't need a ride, I need ammo. Yeah. I mean, that that's somebody you can kind of rally behind. And, and I think you're right, at least at the very top level, we don't have that in the U.S. right now. Also saw um, something online where uh, they were pointing out, you know, almost the entire world, certainly on the left right now, they're saying, oh, gosh, Ukraine is so worth saving. It has such a, a rich culture and a rich history. Uh, it should be saved. And then as soon as you say, well, you know, gosh, the U.S. has a rich culture and a rich hiss. <laughs> you don't even get history out before. It's racist, Nazi, you know. Uh, horrible. Uh, uh, horrible. White supremacy. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it, it, I mean, it's really interesting how the entire world has responded to this. I mean, they clearly see that you know, the idea of liberal democracy, even if it's kind of illiberal, which I think is is what Ukraine had going. It was Ukraine not super is corrupt. Duper. <laughs> yeah, it's not exactly what we would think of. Uh, but but autonomy, actually, is probably the better term. The the world does seem to be more or less, most of the world, in favor of autonomy and, right. and keeping borders drawn the way they are. Well, from what I know about Ukraine, it's not, you know, a great model country that we should be modeling ourselves after, that we should be holding up as some sort of, you know, great place that everyone should look up to and that needs to be protected. I think that it should be protected, but not because it's some, you know, amazing country that never does any wrong. But what I do think about Zelensky in particular, it's like what you were saying, Josh, I agree. We don't have somebody who is so proud of our country and who is so strong that he would say, I'm going to stay here and I'm going to fight. And I'm sure there... <laughs> Can you imagine Joe, <laughs> Joe Biden? I'm going down with DC, guys, <laughs> and I'm going to be nope. shooting all the way. He's on that Amtrak train right out of there, man. I'm sure there are plenty of problems with Ukraine, and I'm sure there are plenty of problems with Zelensky, some of which I've heard about, some of which I'm sure we don't know about. But the fact that he's willing to do that, I think, is something that should be admired regardless of whatever other politics are going on in Ukraine. I think that willingness is something that we can praise and that we can say, I wish we had that here. Right. Cause I mean, there's just a value huh, shockingly in having your leaders lead, <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially in wartime and be proud of their country. I right. mean, we all have warts. They're all issues, 
But, uh, you know, you do have to be true to your own. Either be true to the country or get out. And that's fine. If you don't want to support the United States, if you don't want to support Ukraine, if you don't want to support Russia, that's fine. Go to a place that has values you would like to support. It's very easy. Yeah, you talk about Joe Biden obviously being old and decrepit and would be terrible in war from a physical standpoint. But I I think... (laughs) I, I think it's more than that, though. I think it's the the mental state of it, too, because I don't think that he would be able to defend America. Like, he goes out there and talks about how much he doesn't like America and all the bad things about America. And I'm sure that would be different in a, in a world war time. I'm sure that if that were to happen, he would go and say good things about America. I'm not saying yeah. that he wouldn't. Yeah. But I just think at the core, he doesn't love America as much as past presidents. I don't know if that's a hot take or not, but I I think that he sees things that are wrong with America, and instead of saying, you know, we should improve those and get back to what America really is, he is venturing towards that leftist idea of America inherently is a bad place. Dude, I I think he is a prisoner of the left. I think he... I think Obama didn't love America the way previous American presidents had. I I imagine Joe to disagree with you a little bit. I imagine Joe loves America more than that, but he is a complete prisoner to the left. Oh, the, absolutely. The man can't. Uh, you know, I I doubt if he can visit the washroom without somebody on the left giving him permission to. Mm. Um, yeah. So, Abby, you and I were talking earlier. Like, this is not the first time Russia has tried this particular move. In fact, no. this is almost the exact same play they used 14 years ago. Yeah. So, 2008 Georgia, for those of you who are around. <laughs> um, 2008 Georgia, this was basically the first rendition of what's going on right now. Um, Georgia had mm-hmm. uh, two areas that were pro-Russian. They were mm-hmm. separatist areas. Um, backed by the Russians, and lo and behold, when tensions broke out between the Georgian government and these pro-Russian separatists, who steps in? Big Brother Russia. <laughs> and in the name of peace, ends up just ends up in the Georgia-Russia War um, of 2008. <sighs> Massive damage. Hundreds of thousands thousands of refugees, uh, what then turned in to genocide of Georgians because um, the um, Ossetians then started massacring Georgians with the backing of Russians. Mm. Um, But all of it, it's it's very much almost the same exact thing that has been going on now of uh, Russia has been using a lot of the same rhetoric. Um, of, you know, we're trying to keep peace. We're trying to demilitarize Georgia and Ukraine. And, you know, there's these large pro-Russian populations there that have to be protected. Breakaway regions. They're the breakaway regions that have to be protected from the local, the the local yaks who are trying to kill them. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll come in and kill them. (laughs) It's, it's absolutely insane. And I don't know why anyone's surprised by what Russia is doing because they've been doing this for literally all of history. <laughs> so the million dollar question here as as things kind of slow down in Ukraine and uh, um, inertia kicks in, what does Vladimir Putin do if he gets stuck? Because they, they didn't think they were going to get stuck. They, they really... clearly thought this was going to be a blitzkrieg. They'd yeah. be in. They'd have uh, Kiev 
They would have Zelensky either arrested or killed. They would have a puppet government. They, I think, by this time, they thought by this time that would have happened, and and it's nowhere near happening. No. What does Putin do? Because every day that passes without resolution, he's losing support at home and looking like a fool on the international stage, and he can't afford either of those things. No, and he didn't have much support to begin with at home. Um, I think that he'll end up trying to take the Donbass region, which is the pro-Russian separatist region of Ukraine. So I think he'll probably just end up backing out and be like, and these are mine now, as well as the Crimea. I'm going to take just, what I can. We just I wanted can. to make sure they were secure. That's why we pushed all the yeah, way in. We just wanted to now check in. Shown. We just wanted to check in with Kiev. At, we will make, make sure at the capital that they were doing okay. And yeah, just some in. diplomatic discussions, just that's all. With tanks. <laughs> Remi- <laughs> remind them about our cluster munition capability. And then there's all of the nuclear rhetoric on top of that, which is, that's an old, um, that's an old Russian thing to rattle the nuclear saber oh, really yeah. early on all but, the time but rely on conventional forces and well, I think that they understand the the consequences if they were to actually do something with oh nuclear gosh, weapons yeah. I mean that yeah. we talk about what it would take to get somebody else involved in Europe or uh, to get America involved I'm, obviously that would do it and I'm pretty Nukes. sure that they know the limits of yeah. what they can and can't yeah. get away with so I, I, well, I say that would do it I don't uh, and I'm not an IR expert at all I, I say that would do it I'm not positive it would would anybody even want to touch that if the Russians go that far now the sanctions would be unbelievable like like I think even energy prices, we wouldn't worry about at that point. Oh, jeez. Um, and so, I mean, summer's coming, so the Europeans don't have to have as much gas, right? Uh, but it, it would be, yeah. I mean, if they if they demonstrate that they're willing to use tac nukes, do you, I mean, does anybody want to confront that? Mm. Well, Forces on the ground, maybe. I mean, maybe not. I mean, because <laughs> you roll in, so you roll in your NATO tanks. That they okay. So Russia uses tac nukes on Ukraine. That's essentially crossing the Rubicon, uh, not literally, but figuratively. Um, (laughs) So you've got a decision. You can either stay out of it and know that the Russians are probably going to stop in Ukraine. I doubt if they're going to go for Poland. Uh, Or you can roll in your tanks and see if you can take back part of Ukraine. But they've already demonstrated that they'll use tank nukes. So there's a risk of them using tac nukes on you. If they do that, then all of NATO's at war, and right. in a at least one-sided nuclear war, I, it, it spirals out of control. It, it, it continues to spiral. And Russia, see, here's the thing: is that Russia could get stuck in Ukraine, and it could look very bad for them. But at the end of the day, they know that NATO and the EU will do just about anything to stay out of the Eastern European and the Balkan. Mm. Just that whole region, because it is so messy, and it is the endless spiraling. And I really think that they rely on that politically to be like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna strong arm people, and guess what? We can get a lot of threats. We'll get our economy damaged, but no one's going to actually engage. Yeah, and I don't think we should. I mean, that's that is not our that is not our business. There, it's, no, it's Russia's not. front doorstep. We didn't like it when they were going to set up uh, uh, nukes in Cuba. Uh, they don't like the idea of a nuclear umbrella extending to their doorstep. I don't blame them. Uh, there's, it is a, it is fundamentally a European problem, yeah. not an American problem. New, the yeah. Europeans stupidly never figured out how to get energy for them to get energy independence from the Russians, and now 
they're stuck. They're hooked. And now they're they've got to play ball. And, and we don't have that problem. We can be completely energy uh, independent if we want to be. If Biden But for some reason, us. we don't want to be right now. <laughs> We're but talking I, about releasing from the National Petroleum Reserve when we don't even need to. Yeah. I do agree with that. Like, America doesn't need to get involved. But I do think if Russia were to take some sort of nuclear action, I feel like European countries would almost certainly get involved. I mean, I can't say for sure, but I feel like they most likely would. It's like, what do you do, though? What do you do? Do you roll in tanks and risk their being nuked? And, and, I mean, do you play chicken with the Russians? Like, are the Russians going to nuke NATO tanks? I don't think they would. But they might. If they've already deployed. (laughs) They might. I don't know. (laughs) And that's always been the, that's all, that's why you maintain nukes, where you're not attacked by conventional forces. That's always been the idea. Once you have nukes, nobody uses conventional forces against you because they're afraid of escalation. Ah, oh, Europe. Uh, such a mess. Ah, uh, Russia. <laughs> as Churchill said. I mean, I mean, truly, Europe is a it is a bloody nightmare. It's been a bloody oh. continent for a reason. The 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 boundaries and borders are drawn in uh, very inconvenient ways, and it is uh, very ethnically it is ethnically diverse, but balkanized, separated, yeah. and uh, it's a messy place. Yeah, it turns out diversity. Actually results in lots of death. Actually, unless, a lot of complications. Unless you can agree on some huge fundamentals, and and they thought the European Union thought they had that. Uh, they really thought everybody were in Europe. They were becoming citizens of Europe, and it turns out that's not right but at all. Guess what? You can't globalize citizenry. The revenge <laughs> of geopolitics. All right, thanks, guys. Thank you for watching. Uh, this is WJ Live. Remember, we're here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. If you're watching online, be sure to click the subscribe button. Uh, after that, you can click a little bell. Little bell's going to pop up. You can click that. And that's whether you're watching on YouTube or Rumble. Click the bell. That'll make sure that you get notified every time we go live so you'll never miss an episode. Uh, we are in a position right now where Facebook is just absolutely pummeling the Western Journal. Uh, they have cut our traffic significantly, and not only that, they have cut our revenue on that traffic, too. So we're getting it coming and going. Um, that doesn't mean don't go to the website. Absolutely go to the website. Absolutely um, look at ads, watch videos on the page. But if you would like to support us in a more direct way, if you feel led to do that, you can always go to westernjournal.com slash join. That's westernjournal.com slash join. There are several ways there that you can partner with us uh, directly to push back against big tech censorship and to get out the truth to stand for Christian and conservative values in uh, today's rapidly changing world. Uh, let's see here. I think that's it for us, uh, for, um, for everybody in the booth, for Abby, for Grant. I'm Josh Manning. This is Western Journal. This is WJ Live. There we go. Not Western Journal Live. WJ Live. (laughs) And we're going to see you Wednesday afternoon. Thanks. WJ Live is a show powered by the Western Journal, a Christian conservative news site equipping readers with the truth. The Western Journal is free to read, but if you'd like to support us even further, you can subscribe to our site and receive exclusive benefits like ad-free reading, discounts on our merch at the Patriot Depot, and even an Equipping Readers with the Truth mug. Subscriptions start as low as $5 a month. To subscribe, go to westernjournal.com backslash join. Your support helps us in fighting big tech censorship across all platforms. Thank you for listening. See you next time.